And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Hey, uh, it is good to see you all here uh, today on this very first day of March. Um, that means spring's getting closer, right? Uh, so that's something to be joyful about. And uh, it's the first Sunday of Lent. Uh, you may or may not know or be familiar with what Lent is, but uh, it's the 40 days leading up to Easter. Everybody know what Easter is? Um, that's the day that the church worldwide celebrates the fact that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. Amen? And uh, we believe that every day that we walk this earth, that we, we uh, serve a risen Savior named Jesus who's alive and well and gave us His Holy Spirit in us, uh, and uh, that's a good thing. And so you walk around with the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, and uh, that's good stuff. So we celebrate that, and during this time of Lent, it's these 40 days where we um, take some time to fast, maybe uh, n- skip a meal or two. We take some time to pray. We take some time, uh, a lot of times you'll hear that people give stuff up for Lent, and that's totally fine as long as you give something up so that you grow up in Christ. Um, you don't just say, you know, I remember when I was in school, people were like, well, I'm going to give up, you know, swearing, and I'm going to give up gum, and I'm going to give up pop, and I'm going to give up you know, talking to people I don't like or whatever, right? They're just these random things that you're going to like give up. And I never really understood it. I wasn't from that background where it's like, what is Lent even? What are you talking about? And, um, and so now that I see it as I get older, it's less about what you give up. You know, if you're going to sacrifice a meal or two a week or whatever it may be, uh, take that time then uh, to pray, So take that time to read your Bible. Take that time to sit in your car and pop in the Share the Hope CD brought to you by New Covenant Music and just worship God. If you don't have one, you can get one. They're around somewhere. We'll find them. We have hundreds. Or you can just go on Spotify. Anyway, I digress. But you can just sit there and worship God. You can read your Bible. You can pray to Him. And so take that time and, and say, all right, God, I know some people gave up Facebook and social media and, and things like that. If you spend an hour, two, three, sixteen, whatever, a day on your phone and you've given that up, then spend some of that time growing closer to God. And so this Lent time is, is marked by fasting and prayer. And we're doing a sermon series uh, for this season, and it's called Last Words. And there it is. And the small print underneath it says the words of Christ from the cross. So each week we are going to pick some words that Jesus Christ said while he hung on the cross. All right? So that's what we're going to be talking about. And then on Easter, we're going to talk about how Jesus had the last words over sin and death. Amen? Amen. And uh, so that is a final thing. That devil is defeated and disarmed. Some might say he's a nub. Uh, No arms, no feet. Uh, okay, and um, there's nothing left of him, right? And so uh, he's, he's lame. So we serve a God who is bigger than him. So today, Luke 23, 34, we're going to look at the first thing that Jesus said from the cross. You ready? Jesus said, that's how we know he said it. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing Dice. All right. So the very first thing that we see is not Jesus saying, Father, get them, but he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what 
they're doing. So who's he talking about? When he's hanging on a cross, he's been beaten, he's been whipped, he's been laughed at, he's been ridiculed, his beard's been pulled out, he's been slapped, he's been spit on, he's been humiliated, embarrassed, stripped of his clothing, he's got hardly anything left. They put nails through his feet, through his hands, and they've got him on a cross hanging. And his first words are, Father, forgive them. That's what Jesus said. Father, forgive them. I don't know about you, but my first response when people are messing with me or making fun of me or poking fun at me or whatever it might be, my first response is not, Father, forgive them. When someone hurts me, when someone says something bad about me, when someone disrespects me, my first thought is not, Father, forgive them. It is, Father, go get them. Just being honest. You're like, but you're a pastor. I know, which makes me human, just like the rest of you. (laughs) Father, go get them. No, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. So here's Jesus hanging on the cross, and he offers forgiveness. Not only that, he prays for his persecutors. He prays for them. Father, forgive them. That word forgive means to cancel. Now, he's not saying, like, God cancel them, like, end them or anything like that. But he's saying, cancel their sins, their wrongdoings. They don't know what they're doing. Strike that from their record. Forgive them for what they're doing. If you owed me $100 and I said your debt's forgiven, that means it's been canceled. It's been wiped out. I don't know. I no longer need that from you, right? And that's what he's doing. He's praying. He's saying, Father, forgive them. Wipe this from their records. Take this sin away from them. They have no idea what they're doing right now. Forgive them. Cancel these actions. Christ died to forgive us of sin. Christ died. Here's what he's basically saying. He's saying, Father, forgive them. And not only them, but all who will ever repent and believe in the gospel. So yeah, he was talking to his persecutors. Yeah, he was talking to those who were nailing him to that cross. But he was also talking about us. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive those who will come to know me, who will repent and believe in me. What was Jesus Christ doing on that cross anyway? He was taking away the sins of the world. How did he do that? By canceling them, by forgiving them. It was our sins that nailed him to the cross. It was our wrongdoings, our bad choices, our bad motives, our bad thoughts, our bad desires. That's what took him to the cross. And he says, I forgive all of you. That's good news this morning. Look at Acts chapter 3. It says, so change the way you think and act and turn to God to have your sins removed. What are they talking about? Repenting. Change the way you think, act, and turn to God. If you repent of your sins, your sins will be removed. And look at verse 20. This is exciting. You guys ready? Then times will come when the Lord will refresh you. He will send you Jesus, whom he has appointed to be the Christ. So here's Jesus. He's saying, listen, there will be things. When you repent, when you change the way you think, when you change the way you act, when you turn away from these bad choices and you decide you're going to walk in a different direction, you're going to walk towards Jesus, that is a repentance. That is a 180 move. That's saying, I'm no longer going to do these things that I've been doing for all this time. I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. And when we do that, it says he will forgive us and he will refresh us. 
I don't know about you, but as I live my life, there's still temptation to do things that I know I should not do. So there's always a part of me that says, Jesus, forgive me for I have sinned. I need to repent. I need to turn from those things. I need your refreshing. Sometimes just living in life are things that we're focused on get out of whack. And we say, Jesus, I need a refreshing. I turn away from those distractions. They might not even be a sin, but they might be a distraction or it might be something that's taking your eyes off Jesus. And you say, you know what? I'm going to put my eyes on Christ and he will bring you refreshing. Jesus cancels our debt of sin. When we change the way we think and act and turn to God, he will remove our sins and refresh us. So Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. So Jesus forgives us. How many of you would agree that Jesus forgives us? He is the God who forgives. So I have a question. Should I then turn around and forgive others? A lot of you said yes. You are correct. Good job. So I'm going to read a passage of scripture out of Luke 6, 27 to 36. And while I'm reading... If any part of this seems like maybe difficult or seems like it's just really like gut punching you right now, just give me a little amen or a mm or a whatever. Let's hear it. All right, oh me, that'd be a good one. All right, so let's try this. But to you who are willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Mm. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Ah, Pray for those who hurt you. If someone, thank you, if someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Look at this. Give to anyone who asks And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Now, I'm going to stop and interject a little story right here. A few years ago, I met uh, someone at Iowa Central. I was playing bass for InterVarsity. I play bass thanks to Mel and Aaron over here. I don't have to play bass very often up here. I enjoy it. It's fun, but I've not been playing much. So I'm playing at InterVarsity, and a guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, I want to learn how to play bass. Like, you're just, you're rocking up there. It looks like something I've always wanted to do. Like, I want to learn how to play bass. I'm sure that's what that is. Alicia goes, I'm sure that's what he said. (laughs) He said something to that effect. And so I'm like, yeah, I can teach you how to play play bass. That's no problem. Let's let's do that. And so I loan him uh, my acoustic bass. All right? There's an acoustic guitar. It looks like an acoustic guitar, but instead of six strings, it's four strings. I'm like, you use this. That way you don't have to have an amp or anything. You can play it and you can hear it. No problem. We have a few lessons. Things are going well. But then I haven't heard from him in a while. And weeks go by, and weeks go by, and I text, and I'm just not hearing anything. Finally, I hear back. And he let me know that he moved back home to, like, Alabama or something. And I was like, hey, where's my bass guitar? Like, do you still have that, or did you leave it, or what happened? And I never heard from him again. So my bass got stolen, Right? And I don't know if he, like, hawked it so he could move back home. I don't know if he took it with him. I don't know if he left it somewhere. I don't know if it got broke and he just didn't want to tell me. 
I mean, it's acoustic. I mean, you can sit on it. You can break it. Who knows what happened, right? And so I had a choice. It was like, well, I could try to, like, pursue this and, like, figure this out, or I could just let it go. And so I just let it go. And it was tough because it was like a four or $500 bass. And I used it, and I played it, and I liked it, and I haven't bought one since. Probably just bad memories, the trauma of losing my... Of losing my and I've got married since then, so it's like I don't have, you know, I have to ask permission now. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading the Bible. <laughs> so when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Look at this one, 31. You can keep on a, a green or, you know, mm, yeah, that's right, oh my. Do to others as you would like them to do so, do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you, should lend, and if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Or get your stuff back. Who knows? You might never see it again. But look at this. Then, if we do these things, then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind... Excuse me. For He, being Jesus, is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Now there's a lot in there. You can go back this week and study this out. Grab a study guide, pull it up on your phone. That is an awesome passage of scripture. We could probably spend a month just talking on Luke chapter 6, those 11 verses. And you guys are looking at me like, are we going to do that? No, we're not going to do that. All right. But you can go home and you can look at that and read it and study it. There are so many good things in here. And I like how Jesus, he said it a couple times. He said, love your enemies. So what did Jesus do for his enemies while he was dying on the cross as he was bleeding out? He said, Father, forgive them. He prayed for his enemies. He prayed that his enemies would be blessed. He prayed that his enemies would be forgiven. He loved his enemies. That's what Jesus did. And that's why he asks us to do the same thing because he modeled it. He exemplified it. He said, this is how I want you to live your life. Chances are we are not going to be crucified on a cross. And so we're not going to have to face exactly what he faced. But there are possibilities that there are people in life who are going to come at us. There are maybe people in life who we don't want to love. There might be people in life that actually do hate us. And you're like, I hope bad things happen to them. My encouragement to you is that instead you change your mind and pray for them. That you change your mind and pray that God would bless them. Why would I do that, Josh? Well, it was in the scriptures that we just read, for one. And then it said that your reward in heaven would be very great. You know, I think a lot of times we seek out great rewards on earth, but here's the truth about earthly rewards is that they don't last forever. And we can't take them with us. But we can store up for ourselves treasures in heaven where it doesn't rust, 
Moth can't destroy it. There's nothing that can get to those treasures that we lay up in heaven. What are you talking about, Josh? I don't know, being kind to others, praying for those who hate us so that we can show this world what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So that you and I, we don't worry about what happens to us in this life because we know there's a better life waiting for us. And so we say, God, I give you my life. I give you my stuff. I give you my will. I give you my dreams. My, I give everything to you. And you've asked me to love. You've asked me to pray for those who persecute me. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because then your reward will be great. And I like this. And you will know, and people will know, that you are a child of God. You know, and then he says something at the end that I wish he wouldn't have said. He says, be kind to the unthankful and the wicked. I got to be honest with you, that is tough for me. To be kind to people who are unthankful. But then I was thinking about it, and people have to be kind to me when I'm unthankful. And when I do things that aren't always the greatest. And so it goes both ways. But that one hit me. Be kind to the unthankful and the wicked. It's like every night. Supper at my house. Kids, be thankful for the food that isn't... Well, what is it? It's called shut up and eat it. Be thankful. But I say it in a kind word way, you know. That was actually something that, you know, we, we say it in a kind way. It's like, listen, this is supper. You can eat it or not, but you're not getting anything else. Enjoy. Your mother slaved over this for hours. Shut up and eat it. So, be compassionate. That's compassion, right? Be compassionate. Be, be compassionate toward others. Be kind to the unthankful and the wicked. Can we handle that? I don't know, Josh. There's some people that I just can't forgive. Like, you just don't know. You've probably never had anything in life where you've had to forgive anybody or where, you know, people have made fun of you or wronged you or said anything. You've probably never, but you don't know the struggles I've had. You don't know the things people have said about me, and that's possibly true. But I want you to know that you need to forgive. I don't often say that you need to do something or you must do something or you really need to do this, but this is something you really need to do. You need to forgive others that have hurt you. If you walk around living a bitter life, it's like drinking poison and hoping someone else dies. It doesn't make sense and it only hurts you. And not only that, there's scripture that backs it up. Are you guys ready for this? It's a very stern warning. I think you're going to be okay though. Matthew 6, 14. It says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So that's in the Bible. I didn't just make that up. That's Matthew 6, 14 and 15. So here's Jesus hanging on the cross, offering forgiveness, and that's what he expects of us. How many of you have plenty of things to be forgiven of? Many, many. So the thing that we should do if we want our sins to be forgiven is that we should extend forgiveness to others. 
Now, does that mean that what they did is okay or that we condone their behavior or we're saying, hey, I'm really glad this happened to me. Thanks so much. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we recognize that they made a poor choice, that they hurt us deeply, and that is not okay. But I know that I have made poor choices and I have hurt God deeply, and he still chose to forgive me. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so if he can do that for us, then I can surely forgive that person. And not say it's okay that they did it, and not say that I am glad that they did it, but I can say, you know what? I am not going to keep drinking this poison and hope that you die. I'm going to let this one go. And you will feel free. You will feel free, like a weight has been lifted off of your back. And this scripture says that if you forgive others, you will be forgiven. I want to be forgiven. So I do not want to hold forgiveness from anyone. And I pray today that you will go home, you will think about this. Maybe when you come up for communion later, you will let that thing go. And you will forgive that person that needs to be forgiven. So now you might be asking, well, Josh, is there a limit to how many times I should forgive someone? Like, I mean, there's probably, there's got to be some kind of limit, right? I mean, like, you know, if it happens once or twice that, you know, but if it happens more than that, that's on me, right? Like, I mean, I should not keep forgiving people if they just keep hurting me, right? I got news for you. The short answer is no. Look at Matthew 18. Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus said, no, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. So in the scripture, Jesus said that you should forgive 490 times. So does that mean that for each person that's ever wronged us, we pull out our notebook with their name on it and we start putting check marks? I forgave them, right? And you just keep putting there and you're like, I'm getting like 400. I'm so glad because in 90, 90 more times and I don't forgive them anymore. Jesus said 490. So I'm at 400, right? I'm almost there. I mean, you think that's what Jesus is saying? When he's saying we should forgive someone 70 times 7? Or is he maybe saying, don't keep track? I mean, that's literally the only way you can know 490 or how many times people, is you have to find some way to track it and to mark it down. All the number, all you know is you've been hurt by someone a lot of times. But let me ask you this. Have you counted all the times that you have done something wrong? Me neither. That'd be a lot. And someday we'll all stand before Jesus and we'll give an account of our lives, the good things we've done, the bad things we've done, everything in between. We'll stand there and give an account and he'll look at us and he will see us as forgiven. He died on the cross. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. The forgiveness of our sins. And so when we go to forgive others, we don't keep track of how many times they've wronged us. It's not seven or 70 or 70 times seven. What he's saying is don't keep track. I don't. I don't keep track of how many times you mess up. Don't keep track of how many times. But Josh, seriously, like I have to forgive them like every other day. Well, then pray for those who persecute you. Pray that God would get a hold of their hearts so that it would stop. When I was growing up in middle school, I had many persecutors. They got to the point, it was pretty bad with one of them that we could have pressed charges if we wanted to and we didn't. Because we didn't feel like that was showing Christ's love. We could have pressed charges and we didn't because things just got out of 
hand. If you know that individual today, I know him. They live here in town. And when we see each other, we talk kind to one another. He's actually saved. He goes to church. That's awesome. That's, he doesn't bother me anymore. It was very short-lived, right? But we have no idea. Pray for them. So that way God can bless them. Who knows? Maybe he'll save them and then you'll be able to talk to them about who Christ is. And then you guys can maybe have a relationship. You just don't know. So here's my advice to you. Freely forgive. If you hear nothing else today, hear those two words. Freely forgive. You've been forgiven. God forgives you over and over and over again. So I would encourage all of us to freely forgive others. So Jesus prayed from the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Those who crucified Jesus, whipped him, beat him, hung him on that cross, they were ignorant. They thought they were just punishing someone who had done something wrong. They were just plain ignorant of the wrong things that they were doing. I want to read you a scripture in 1 Corinthians 2. It says this. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. You know, this scripture said that we didn't know God's plan from everything. They said the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they did, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. And here's the thing. Before we come to know who Christ is, you and I, we are ignorant of our sin. We're ignorant of our wrongdoings. I know when people get saved and they keep doing stuff, it's like, you know, you should really probably work on that, right? The Holy Spirit convicts them after a while. It's like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't treat women that way anymore because God's changed me from the inside out, right? He loves us. He, he cares for us. He loves us so much. He accepts us just like we are. And then when we accept him and we love him, we turn our hearts and our will and our lives over to him. And then he begins to change us from the inside out. And he says, I love you so much that just as you are, I'm going to love you and accept you. And then I love you so much that I'm not going to keep you this way. I love you so much that I want to just change, you know, most everything about you. That's exciting. I was just joking, by the way. He doesn't want to change absolutely everything. You guys are like, really? Okay, so, but he wants to change us from the inside out. This, this scripture says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Guys, we can't even imagine, I mean, get a hold, I mean, we can imagine some pretty cool things. We can't even imagine what God has planned for us. We can't even imagine what God has planned for us. That's good news. He has good things in store for your life. He has good things prepared for you. Acts 3, I'm not on the screen, but I've read it earlier. I want to read it again. Change the way you think and act and turn to God to have your sins removed. Then times will come when the Lord will refresh you. He will send you Jesus, whom he has appointed to be the Christ. 
That's what he wants to do. He wants to change us from the inside out. Here's the thing. Jesus believed in this forgiveness stuff. He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. He prayed for those who were persecuting him. But not only that, Jesus was hung between two thieves. You know that, right? And there was one thief that reached out to Jesus. He saw what was going on, and he looked at him. He said, hey, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Remember me, a sinner. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. He recognized that you are God. You are going to a kingdom. Will you remember me? And what did Jesus say to him? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. You know what the other thief said? Nothing. We have no account of it. And the same thing is true today. We are all faced with an option. Everyone is guilty before God, right? You and I have a choice to make. We can either believe in the work of the cross or not. We can either believe in who Christ is and what he's done or not. The thief, the one looked and said, hey, remember me when you enter your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The other thief probably heard that and he could have been like, well, I want to go. But I don't know why he didn't. I don't know if his heart was too stubborn. He saw the power of the cross. He's like, eh, not buying it. And that's how our world is today when they're presented with the truth of the gospel. Either you believe it or you don't. And I got news for you. If you believe in the message of the cross, then you believe in what Jesus Christ said from it, which is, Father, forgive them. So you and I, our lives should be full of forgiveness. Look at what 1 Corinthians 1.18 says. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. The cross to some looks like foolishness. But to you and I who are in the process of being saved, transformed, being renewed, we know that the cross is the very power of God. It has to be because there's no way someone could go through all of that suffering, all that torture, and the first words out of their mouth is, Father, forgive them. That is power. There is power in forgiveness. And I want you to know today, if you've been hanging on to unforgiveness, today is the day to let it go. If you say, no, Josh, I'm not going to do it today. I don't want to be talked into anything or hyped into anything. Listen, that's not what this is about. Today, we're going to take part in communion. We're going to remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. His body was broken. His blood was poured out and shed for us. And because of that, we receive forgiveness. So today, as you approach the altar to take part in communion, I want you to come to him today and say, God, is there anybody in my life that I need to forgive? Or maybe you already know who that is. I would encourage you to let that go today. To forgive that person. To come to God and say, your scripture said that if I forgive them, then you'll forgive me and I want my sins to be forgiven. It's your choice. You can believe in the power of the cross or you can think it's foolishness and ignore it. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515 955 6222.